Welcome to the Brave Little Podcast. Coming from California, here's Aaron Alvarado and David Stauffer. Welcome to the Brave Little Podcast. Guess what, Aaron? Movie theaters are back. <laughs> They're back, finally. They're back. I'm so they ready are... to watch a movie in a movie theater. So, Aaron, I, I'm not even kidding. I've purchased my first movie theater tickets in theater. The glorious return, the triumphant return of cinemas across the U.S. Tomorrow evening at 7.30 p.m., I will be watching The Goonies at the Studio Movie Grill in Rockland. <laughs> I've got two tickets for $5. Wow. And I don't, you know, movie theaters are back, but you know what else is back? Coronavirus. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. The question is, do I go? You already have the ticket. It's non-refundable. Yeah, oh, and that. more importantly, you've already had the virus. We know you were one of those guys that got it early. In the Everybody year. did. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, you were telling me you thought you had it back in December. <laughs> well, only because I was, I had traveled to Wuhan for business. Yeah. Um, that's the only, market, which is yeah, the amazing yeah. thing. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. So I do seriously have tickets for the studio movie grill. Cinemark opens on Friday. I have tickets to Jaws on Friday. On Friday. I, I'm actually really excited. July 3rd. I am planning on attending that. That's an, oh, that was, that's really cool. I'd, I'd love to see Jaws in a oh, theater. Dude, I've never seen Jaws on the big screen. I'm, I'm so excited. Uh, none of these theaters require masks, which is... Um, Slightly yeah. problematic. Do we yeah. know... Hold on. Do we know if masks work? Okay. Yeah. The best way. I, I have been taught my whole life that yeah. good leaders lead by example. The okay. best way... If you want an answer to questions like that, look to your leaders. That was what I've taught. That's what I teach. It's absolutely believe. So in situations like this, look to the leader, the president of these United States. Is he wearing a mask? That answers your question. Mm, Have you seen him in a mask? You know what? Now that you mention it, I don't think that I have. Don't work, my friend. He's got the world's greatest scientists surrounding him in the White House. He has access to all of the information, all of the data. If he's determined masks aren't important enough for him to wear, they're not important enough for me to wear. So, well, I'm going to take that theory. I'm going to take that theory and go out to uh, my local Trader Joe's. Oh, Um, yeah, in North Hollywood. uh, (laughs) In North Hollywood, brand new, just opened yesterday. So. (laughs) Yeah, and I'm gonna, really? I'm gonna go shopping with no mask and see. So how that, that was a viral clip over this weekend. Was that, yeah, was went that a little really, viral. That's your Trader Joe's. It is now. So for the past since we've lived in North Hollywood, they've uh-huh. been working on um, this new complex of uh, a shopping complex, and um, it finally opened after the past 18 months that we've been here. Um, it finally opened, and of course, it opened during the height of coronavirus. And uh, the, the the anchor store is a Trader Joe's, I believe. Um, that's like everything is basically built around that Trader Joe's. Um, so, yeah, it's literally a 15-minute walk from my house if I wanted to go right now. Five-minute wow. drive. Um, and it, that's if you hit both stoplights. So it's very, very, very close. Gosh, I wish you would have been there. In fact, I could probably have heard the, the, the yelling match if I stood outside of my apartment building. <laughs> Dude. So, so have you witnessed someone throwing a mask fit in person and of any kind? Yeah, I have not. So, um, I want this that, so bad. I, me too. I want to see it. I want to see that train wreck. So everyone around here is pretty masked up. Um, and I think that's because, uh, most of my neighbor, like the general neighborhood where I live, it's, it's older people, a lot of, a lot of older people. And so they're wearing masks. Like they don't really have a problem mm. with it. Um, they believe the news, and so that's the problem. Th- that's the thing. They're older, so they understand that uh, the news lies. They don't yeah. understand that the news lies to them. So yeah, they're used to which they're used to one newsman, Walter Cronkite, yeah. delivering true, unfiltered, unadulterated news. They live in that world. Uh. Yeah, no. So no, my neighbors are, are they mask up, and so all the uh, grocery stores and and even the takeout around here, liquor stores, are everyone is masked up. So it's not really oh, an issue. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So everyone's complying. I live with a lot of LA kind of had a bit of a scare there. Never ever the hotspot that New York was, but 
Yeah. They had a little bit of a run there. I do believe everyone in LA took it very seriously. I think it actually helped that we were that we did see New York hit hard so quickly. Yeah. Um, I think that put a scare in us. And then, you know, like you said, look to your leaders and our, our mayor and our governor took it very seriously. Yeah, they, um, they put the clamp down. So actually, the, the governor just shut down bars in L.A. County. Um, yep. And people are very upset about that. He's mandated masks for outdoor yes. or anything outdoor. Yeah. So that people are really upset. I, uh, As you it, can see in, the Trader, in that Trader Joe's video that went viral yesterday. Yeah, she really threw, like, was, was, she said that they were committing a federal crime. Um, yes, uh, she called them. Yeah, she called them something like democratic demons or democratic yeah. something. It was yeah, she was. Which is a great alliteration. I, I'm a sucker for a good alliteration. Democratic yeah. demons is a good one. Okay, <laughs> I think it's that's right up there with. That. <laughs> 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 I, I. So this is kind of bad because I, I should be staying at home more because of the coronavirus. But I'm literally going out more just because I want to witness a mask fit. So I'm like going happen. out more because I want to see it. And uh, Lindsay and I, we we ate at this uh, restaurant called uh, Bodine's. It's a famous sourdough San Francisco restaurant. It's based in San Francisco. They have a, a couple of restaurants out here in Sacramento, and they're known for their sourdough clam chowder bread bowls. Delicious place. Well, they require masks when you come in, and you're not allowed to take it off until you get to your booth. So they do have indoor seating, indoor and outdoor, but you can't take your mask off until you sit down at your table. Okay. Frankly, I would like to see them to go all the way, require the masks on even when you're eating food. I commit to the bit is what I say, but that's their rules, okay? And Lindsay and I are up ordering at the register and a woman walks in. Now, I don't want to typecast. I don't want to uh, be prejudiced, but she certainly has the appearance of someone who's a potential uh, Karen. And uh, immediately, immediately I'm... You know, it helps that she's not wearing a mask when she walks in. So I'm like, I immediately go on high alert and I'm reaching into my phone, fumbling to get my video going because I'm, I'm ready. I'm, I'm not even, I'm ready for the spider sense is tingling. And the woman taking our order, she stops and she goes, uh, and she starts to, ma'am, ma'am, uh, you have to wear a mask before you come. Because coming in, it's, there's tons of signs on the door. Sure. You can't really open the door without seeing, you know, these, sign, uh, these signs that say mask required. She comes in, the, the cashier says, ma'am, you have to be wearing a mask. And I'm like, I'm turning around, I'm giddy. I'm excited. Go. I'm like, this is, I've been going out just to it finally, you know? And uh, and she's like, oh, okay, I'm sorry. My, you know, and she turns around, she goes back out, gets her mask, comes back. I'm like, okay, oh, great. That was, I was so, dis I was so upset. So I, much so upset. I almost threw a fit. I, I was just like, yeah. I, I mean, I've already thrown a fit in one restaurant this month. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, so that mask mandate's fun. I look forward. The very least we could do, uh, and it, it, the very least we could do is a mild inconveniencing and a slight, the slight uncomfortableness of wearing a mask for a relatively temporary period of time. And gosh dang it, people just really can't handle it. They really can't handle it. Yeah, I was thinking and, about this. I was just thinking about this the other day. Do you remember when uh, California instituted the seatbelt law? You were probably pretty young. Like it happened. I was in, pretty young. Yes. Yep. I want to say it happened in the mid nineties. Yep. I, I recall the law. I remember we always wore it. And for me, it made no you know, difference because it wasn't like we all of a sudden were wearing it. But I do remember a hubbub it being about the mandate, there, right? There. So there was a slight, there was a slight yeah. sort of pushback. So sure. you know, this calling California an anti state. And, Course. And uh, because you know they're they're forcing people to wear a seatbelt, and now imagine if you will, mm -hmm. if they mm -hmm. if we didn't have a seatbelt law and they mm -hmm. tried to institute it today, no, what chance. do you think would happen? No chance. <laughs> there's there's no possible chance that they we could would have more people not wearing their seatbelts as a result. Like people that were wearing their seatbelts already, they'd be no longer doing it as a show of you know like uh, rebellion. Is what it is. They would be ripping seatbelts out of their car. They. <laughs> yeah, it would go absolutely insane. There's no doubt about it. Same thing with helmet yeah. laws. So helmets. Oh, yeah. Yep. You have to wear a helmet to ride a motorcycle in the state of California. Yes. Yes. Most so. other states you don't. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And then also the riding in the back of the truck. All these things. Mm -hmm. You know, they're, um, they're instated in this in California within the last like 20 years or so. Yeah. Um, and. 25 years, I should say. And so if they, if that stuff happened today, 
we would never hear the end of it. Like that's people are so it's just a completely different mentality now. Um, yeah. Talk about just, entitlement, right? Like this is a weird, like it's a very, are using, very, very thing to take a stand on. As far as I'm yeah. concerned, I don't, yeah. I truly don't understand it. It, it blows my mind. There are a million other things that I would gladly raise a fuss over that we willingly um, submit to on a daily basis. But for some reason, people are fine with those things. Um, but this this is a bridge too far, my friend. It's, it's crazy because so I mean, seatbelts are meant to save yourself, and they and we, all the data in the world suggests that they do, and certainly help prevent in the in the event of accident more injury, if not death. And the mask thing is interesting because it is it is for others. It is meant for others. It you know it really isn't an enormous benefit to you, but if you are an asymptomatic carrier of COVID, it is meant to better protect those around you. And so it's really an inherently more selfish thing to do because it's like, you know, the seatbelt thing, I still disagree with anyone that would make a hubbub about it. But the idea, there's a difference between saying like, if I want to choose to ride in a car that may, you know, might kill me, that's my choice because it's my body. I still, I still think that's kind of dumb, but that is quite a bit different than the mask thing where it's like, well, if you have it, I mean, you're literally, this is, it's other people this is for. Like, right. Just, but people just can't be selfless. They can't even bother to be even just a little bit selfless. And that's the bigger point, which is really concerning to me. So yeah. baked into that whole seatbelt thing is the um, the reality that if you're in a major accident and you do get injured, you're going to a hospital. So yeah. And if you don't have insurance, then um, that the cost of that hospital visit then falls on the state. So mm. there is actually some mm. sort of offset of the people of, of your of the society oh, sure. that you're part of. So that's true. Good good point. It, so when you when you choose to not wear a mask because because the only benefit is somebody else, there's a it, it is you're right there is a little bit different. But it, part of the seatbelt thing is also about the the great greater society yeah. just the mask thing. So really, I just don't understand it at all. And I think for for whatever reason, that is the new battleground of this culture war. And it's to me, it's just crazy. I, I it's just don't nuts. Know. It really is. And I'm in what's I don't. I don't there are plenty of Republican governors uh, that have said, like, please don't. I mean, what was it? it? Was North Dakota? I think governor was like almost in tears. You know, this conservative yeah. Republican saying, "Don't make this mask a culture war thing. Don't politicize this." There are people with vulnerable, like pre-existing conditions that it just makes sense to wear a mask. Don't make it a sign of whether or not you're a conservative or like a sheep or a what or versus a liberal, whatever it might be. Like, don't. This is not the cult thing for the culture war. And and there are. It's we're seeing more and more Republican leaders doing it, with the exception, of course, of, of the, the White House, uh, which is almost aggressively anti-mask. Um, and so well, they've already drawn the line, so they can never go it. back. Never go back. Never, right. never. So the, is, the issue that I have is the fact that it I mean, you want to blame it on the news. Fine. I don't trust the news. I don't I'd never have yeah. liked the news. I don't believe yeah. that they're telling the truth. I feel like they have a greater agenda, obviously. Sure. But it's not the news. It, it's like yeah. it's public health it's public safety it's yeah. doctors it's scientists yeah they are not all working against you to to force you to wear a mask not all of them but yeah <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly so that's the way that i justify it it's just like man they get nothing out of me wearing a mask i don't do yeah. are they laughing at me because i'm wearing a mask to the grocery store or to mcdonald's i don't understand like it yeah. is a very, very, very small inconvenience. Very small. Very small, and it, and it's from what we understand, it uh, it can make a big difference. So I mean, temporary. It is temporary. It's it's just the the potential impact that it has is greater than um, the downside for me personally. So I, I don't see it. Yeah. Well. So are you going to wear a mask in the movie theater? Is the real question. So that's the thing. So none of them require it. Except AMC, the one place that's requiring is AMC, which is the one that came out and said publicly that they weren't going to require it because they didn't <laughs> want to be political, and then they got bullied into requiring it. Which is my favorite. The rest of them were like, "We're we're still not requiring it." Yeah. It was just so stupid for the CEO of AMC Theaters to say that it was the reason for not requiring it was to not be political. When it was like, oh, "Okay, that's a that's a really dumb reason." Uh, and so, uh, will I wear a mask? Does it make a difference if no one else is, right? Because I'll walk in and no one else is going to be wearing a mask and it's going to be like, well, what do we do, you know? <laughs> what exactly uh, is the point? Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, so I enjoy popcorn at the theaters. So that's a sacrifice I'll have to decide. I actually don't know. I'm certainly bringing my mask. Uh, I'm planning on wearing my mask. And will I commit to wearing it throughout the length of the watching the movie? Uh, I don't know. Yeah. Because we're seated. We, there's two, a buffer of two, at least two seats on either side of us. Mm -hmm. And Studio Movie Grill is also a restaurant. So this is where we're ordering food to eat dinner at. Yeah. And that's, you know, hard to do with a mask. So I don't know. I don't know. If I'm social distanced away from everybody as a, after I sit down, I should be okay without the mask at that point. You would hope so. That's the idea, yeah. right? You wear a mask when you can't be social distance, right? right? And, the, and so, the, big, the big thing is, you know, are you talking? Are you singing? Are you speaking? As, I'll be laughing. It's the Goonies, so yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, if it, if it was an event where everyone's yelling, standing up, and, you know, literally spit yeah. is flying out of your mouth, then I, you know, I can understand yeah. why well, you wear a mask for the entire thing. But if you're just sitting there eating popcorn, jujubes, and, and yes. whatnot, yeah, I don't. I think honestly, you, you're probably fine. That's not what I'm thinking. <laughs> so I but think I'll go is, in wearing one. Yeah, and, and again, this is like what's so complicated for me. Like this is because I think there is a hysteria about like people getting mass shamed and people feeling like, oh yeah, if if you are yeah. outside walking down the street, walking yeah, you your dog, need to be wearing you mask. don't need to be wearing your mask. That is like nobody yeah. is saying that you need to be wearing your mask. Yeah. But if you don't wear your masks, then you you feel you look like you're not you're not part of yeah. the team. Um, yeah, you're trying to. I took Coco for a walk in in my neighborhood, and there's a trail back there. And there's this there's a couple that was way out walking towards me, but way way far ahead, and they're both wearing masks. And I noticed as soon as they see me with Coco, my dog, um, they see me, and I see react. They beeline it to the other. They just start hauling the other direction, uh, and they end up going a long way around me. And I'm like. <laughs> We are outside, out in the wild. Like this is a big open. I'm nowhere close to you. That it was like, but I felt bad. I was like, oh man, that sucks that you guys are doing this. You know, right? Exactly. Um, it's a it's a, a broad spectrum of how yeah. you react and how you know the reasons for um, for not wanting to do something. If you're trying to do something out of spite or not not wanting to do something out of spite. Or trying to make some sort of cultural political stand, then then I have a I, I don't respect that. I think that's stupid. But mm. if you're just going out to walk your dog, you're you're not gonna you're you're walking literally outside in the open air. You're not gonna transmit it that way. It's just there's been no yeah, scientific basis for that being transmitted that way. That's not how correct. the virus spreads. That's correct. So, is there a possibility? Yes. There's a micro. There's a microscopic possibility that yeah, yes, you true. Sure. But it's not going to happen. Nope. Um, uh, well, we have other big news tomorrow in the state of California, Aaron. Ooh. Tomorrow at Sacramento State University in the ballroom, the ballroom, which is a venue that I have seen concerts at. I have Ooh, seen yeah. likes of, I mean, I've seen something corporate. Uh, <laughs> Armor for Sleep, the Academy wow. is. Uh, <laughs> I've seen Stray Light Run, the starting line. Uh, I've seen a lot of great bands in the Sac State Ballroom, but tomorrow it's going to be a different kind of event, a little bit less joyful. Tomorrow they're turning the ballroom into a courtroom. Ooh. Yeah. So they can sort because courtrooms have been closed, but tomorrow we have a very important court date, a court event. So they are putting in the ballroom so they can have a bigger, wider space to social distance because tomorrow the Golden State Killer an infamous serial killer caught just a couple years ago who committed crimes throughout the 70s and 80s. Someone who murdered at least 13 people, committed over 60 rapes and over 100 burglaries in the greater Sacramento area, in addition to the Bay Area and Los Angeles and Orange County. Tomorrow he is pleading guilty to those 13 murders in exchange for not being sentenced to death. That is happening tomorrow. That is big news. And it's big news uh, because tonight on HBO, a new documentary debuted uh, from uh, a documentary based on a book by Michelle McNamara, the, uh, the late wife of Pat Oswalt, actually, uh, a famous comedian. Uh, she it was a kind of an amateur detective internet sleuth, but she had investigated the Golden State killings for years. Unfortunately, she passed away unexpectedly about a, 
two years before he was caught. But her book, Investigating the Killings and Who Might Be the Culprit Behind Them, is being turned into a documentary series. And that it's a, I don't know how many episodes it is, but it, it's debuting tonight. I'm going to watch it after this podcast. I'm really excited to watch it. Um, but it's interesting that the documentary is coming out the day before he's pleading guilty, where he will serve the rest of his life in prison. He is 72 years old, so it wow. will likely be a short Do we know where he's serving? 74. Uh, I mean, he's in the, right now he is in the, whatever the county, Sacramento County mm -hmm. uh, jail, where his supermax prison, I don't have no idea where that will be. I don't, I'm not sure. Actually, I, I know very little about how that's all assigned. But hopefully they put him in the, one of the worst places. Folsom Prison. Would be <laughs> well, ideal. I think, yeah, I don't totally understand it. But from my, from what I do understand, it's the type of crime that you commit is how you get where you get assigned. So, oh, so yeah, drug, sure. yeah, drug crimes go here and, mm. and murderers go here. Basically, well, violent. Uh, Manson went to Folsom and San Quentin. Uh, so I, I mean, I don't think he, he'll go to Folsom, but who knows where he'll go. Well, if he does, uh, we got to visit him. That's the whole. That's the reason for my oh, question. Yeah. Is, yeah. Oh, I'll can go we, in as clergy. Yeah, no, I'll go in as like a chaplain or whatever it takes. Yeah, well, absolutely. He, so he was he was caught in Sacramento, right? In Sacramento, he was caught area. in Sacramento. Yeah. yeah. So I can't say too much here. This is where I'm gonna I'm gonna get a little careful in my language here. I have a source in the Sacramento County Sheriff's Department who was on the investigative team that was tracking the identity and investigating the Golden State Killer uh, and those killings. Uh, for people who don't know the story, it's pretty remarkable. It uh, they We know this this part's public, uh, but uh, this source, this individual I know, he'd been a part of this going, he was assisting the detectives. He was part of this for a while now and uh, kind of mentioned something big was gonna happen before the announcement that they had caught him. But what we now know and what is public knowledge is that DNA websites, stuff like 23andMe, Ancestry.com. It was a different one. It was like GED match or something like that. It was Basically, Facebook. Yeah, it was, yeah, yeah. It was it was a mixture of yeah. They found <laughs> between Grinder, uh, TikTok, <laughs> and Facebook, they were able to match the connection. Now, um, basically, uh, DNA from uh, several of the crime scenes where he did, you know, committed these heinous acts. Uh, they were able to basically build out like a family tree, and they narrowed it down to, like a handful of people due to like people had uploaded basically their own DNA profile. And mm -hmm. I don't know all the details of the science behind it, but they were able to zero it down, basically a handful of uh, potential people. And then they just like looked into where they were, where they lived during the year, you know, and they found a match, this man named Joseph D'Angelo. And uh, he had been uh, a cop for seven or eight years wow. in the seventies uh, before he worked as a mechanic at the Save Mart distribution center in Roseville. This town right next to where I live currently. I used to um, live in Roseville. Oh yeah, you sure did. That's right. Mm -hmm. And uh, had a few run-ins yeah. with cops too. Oh well, so did Mister D'Angelo. Turns out. <laughs> so, uh, but he lived in this kind of in Citrus Heights, California, in this kind of used to live in quiet... Citrus Heights myself. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a second, where were you in the eighties? And uh... <laughs> I have some questions for you. Um, uh, but he was, he was an old man. He's an old man living a quiet life. Uh, there'd been no, and the, the most recent of his, the crimes of the known crimes, it was in the eighties. And so it had been a long time since he had done anything. And, uh, he was living with one of his daughters and a granddaughter. And, um, from my source, I will say that in order to confirm that was him, other than just circumstantial evidence of like where he lived and the different things about him, they had to basically get a sample of DNA from him without him knowing. And with, so that's called an involuntary DNA sample. So basically the detectives team at Sac County Sheriff's Department had to follow this guy around so carefully as to not tip him off as to what, keep in mind, this is, a, this is at this point, this is one of the, most prolific serial killers that we have not identified and who is likely still alive. Unlike Zodiac, who we never identified, but is definitely, almost certainly dead. Um, this guy is pretty major in what he's done and is still alive. This is, it's pretty crazy. So they had to follow him around and wait to see if he would discard a tissue or get a sample of any kind. They had to try, they, they got a couple of samples. It, the matches were close but they needed it to be bulletproof in order for them to, you know, secure a conviction, right? Get, also get a warrant. Uh, and eventually they, they did, they went through his trash. They were able to get some tissues. It was a perfect match. as perfect as you can get with the science. 
Uh, and it was certainly more than enough at that point with the multiple samples uh, to bust in, arrest them, and uh, take them to court. So this is, it was, it's remarkable that we caught him. You know, it's unfortunate that was 42 years of him being able to be free. And, uh, but tomorrow the dude's going to plead guilty and victims are finally going to get that closure, which is really remarkable. Uh, I'm excited to watch the documentary. This stuff's interesting to me. Try not to, I'd like to think I'm not, I don't want to glorify serial killers by like type of content, but it hits close to home. The the guy went to Folsom high school. I am a graduate of Folsom high school. We both are. Uh, he went to Sierra College for school. That's right across the street from where I live right now is Sierra College. I mean, it's like this whole area, looking at the map of where he committed his crimes. I lived in, you know, he was known before he was known as the Golden State Killer. He was known as the East Area Rapist because his crimes initially involved rape before he went on to murder. And I live in the East Area. That's East Sacramento. That's, mm-hmm. That is my stomping grounds. Uh, this dude terrorized my community long before I was born. Uh, but terrorize my community nonetheless. And so uh, I'm, I'm glad that the guy's finally, finally locked up and is going to be there for the rest of his life. And uh, so in a tribute to, I guess, the celebration of his pleading guilty, we're here to talk about the best serial killer movies. <laughs> <laughs> There's some good ones. There are some good ones. <laughs> There's good ones. In fact, we've got some trailers that we're going to play. Yeah. Uh, so bear with us because there, there are a couple minutes of pop. So it might be a little long than the normal audio snippets that we sometimes include in these episodes, but we both picked- It's worth five. it though. You know- We got some good ones. It'll be fun. We'll kind of, we'll talk a little bit uh, over it uh, without, you know, ruining, uh, you know, the experience too much of trying to understand what's happening in the trailer. But I went with, we'll just say this, we both picked five. The way that this was structured by design, we, we talked to each other about our five. I went with the obvious ones. You went with more obscure deep cuts. Which is the way this pod should be run. I'm, you know, I'm surface level, no depth, <laughs> <laughs> cinema, uh, and you're the more thoughtful. I'm, cerebral. Uh, I'm right below the surface level. I am. <laughs> I can see the surface level from where I am. Yeah, <laughs> but so. Uh, we're so yeah, we're t- just we're going to talk about this broad genre of a, just serial killer movies. Now it's that huge. Can be real life serial killers, killers yeah. fictional serial killers. Obviously, almost every horror movie, there's probably a serial killer. I guess like demons and ghosts can technically be serial, oh, yeah. can commit a you know serial killings. Um, and so there's a mixture of real life and fictional uh, movies in our in our list. I think the first couple on our list don't have the trailers, so let's let's run through those and then uh, we'll get to our top three, which have accompanying trailers. I'll kick us off. My it. first one's a classic. It's obvious. One of the greatest films of all time from the. Uh, just one of the all-time filmmaking masters. I think the master of horror, master of thrill. I, I forgot what is uh, master. Uh, of, master of horror is suspense. Uh, there it is. Yeah, there you go. Oh, master of disguise, Dana Carvey. That's what you're thinking. <laughs> master, master commander. Russell master Crow. commander, far side of the world. That's Russell Crowe. Great. Uh, <laughs> That's not no. on my list. So. My, <laughs> my number five is Alfred Hitchcock's Psycho. Ooh. Alfred Hitchcock. The master Good of suspense. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, this is look. My my dad showed us this movie, like very early on in life. We had, uh, <laughs> How old are you? Oh, five, five years old. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. No, we. Um, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. We watched these. We got these uh, Alfred Hitchcock series VHS. We watched every single one of them. Um, that's how we learned that some of his films were R-rated. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'll never forget watching Frenzy and. Uh, there was an inappropriate scene. I remember my dad going, oh, Alfred. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he was so disappointed. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so Psycho, honestly, it was obviously terrifying as a five-year-old. But I also, I weirdly remember enjoying the suspense. I did not understand a lot of what was happening, but it was like, I mean, it's it's known for uh, kind of making people afraid of the shower. Like what, I mean, it certainly did that for me. I remember just thinking anyone could pull back that curtain with a knife like it was terrifying uh but psycho is a movie about norman bates loosely based on a real life serial killer that i'm forgetting the name of it's not norman bates it's something else but so it is actually based on uh, a real life individual but uh just well it's a classic if you have not seen psycho it really is worth watching i know it's hard sometimes to watch old movies that were made in the 50s and 60s and whatnot this is 
this is worth it. It holds up. It's a good movie. I mean, it's yeah, Psycho's great. I think it's the first Hitchcock feature that I ever watched. I actually, so Alfred Hitchcock used to do, he used to have like a, um, a TV show. In Alfred the, Hitchcock Presents. Alfred yeah. Hitchcock Presents. I used to watch yeah. that when I was a kid. Oh, yeah. I loved it. It was really it. cool. It was yeah. on Nick at Night. Um, that was a great show. And, uh, but I didn't watch Hitchcock movies until I was, you know, older and, and got really interested in the film. And since Psycho was the first one I watched and I loved it. I mean, it was, it's so um, it's so timeless that uh, I think anyone can pick it up today and, and really enjoy it. So uh, Psycho is a great choice. What's your number five? My number five uh, is a 1986 film called Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer. Whoa. Oh, it's yeah. right in the title. Yeah. So that it's uh, starring Michael Rooker, who is oh, awesome. He's great. Um, this is a movie. Galaxy. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yondu. Um, Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer is based off of a Florida um, serial killer named uh, Henry, Henry Lee Lucas. Um, he, it, he had a sidekick uh, by the name of Otis Toole, and this is their story. Um, this is real life? This is a real life serial killer. Okay. They were also, you know, a couple, um, and they, mm. j they just terrorized Florida and the South and in the uh, 70s, I believe. Um, mm. But yeah, this is, I mean, R Michael Rooker is amazing. He has such a screen presence. And I think this is like his, maybe one of his first big features, if I if I recall correctly. But anyway, the movie itself is incredibly dark and disturbing. Mm. And like, it, it just feels grimy. Um, yeah. I highly recommend it to anyone that, that likes, you know, true crime. This is, it's a very, very good movie. Um, very disturbing. But so it's Henry, Henry Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer is what Henry, it's called. Yeah, great. Oh, all right. Well, my number four um, is also based on a real life person. It is Monster, starring Charlize Theron. That's she, a good one. Uh, yeah, it is. It's. I will say it's one of the films where the performance is stronger than the movie as a whole. But the movie isn't bad necessarily. Um, it's definitely worth watching. Um, but this is famous for Charlize winning the Academy Award mm -hmm. for actress. Um, There's a lot of conversation around, you know, the whole process of making her look the way that she looks in that film, but she really gives it the dynamite performance. It's pretty terrifying. This is a really troubled individual that committed some crazy heinous crimes, but also had a life, you know, they, the movie does an interesting job of balancing how sympathetic you should feel for someone that had her upbringing. But ultimately, you can't sympathize with someone who had an appetite to kill in the way that she did. Uh, and so it's pretty, you know, it crosses a line at some point. You realize, like, oh, no matter how bad of an upbringing, this is a absolute it's crazy, violent sociopath. Uh, but yeah, Monster with Charlie Staring, absolutely worth watching. You know, if there's a if there's a canon for serial killer movies, it's this one. So it's, it's got to be in there. And yeah, it's great. It, it's rare because there aren't a lot of female serial killers. So Eileen nope. Warnos is one of the uh, top ones, I guess. Yeah, most, nope. Most notoriety are the most. Uh, White men have had that corner for a while. They sure uh, have. Yeah. Sure have. So make room. Uh, uh, <laughs> it's it's great that you mentioned that, like um, the balance that a filmmaker has to have when he's or when they're when yeah. they are portraying um, the serial killer and what motivates him and what basically starts them down the path or or how much you sympathize them as a viewer yeah. or sympathize with them as a viewer or a storyteller um it, it's really difficult balance and it's really i think it's really easy uh or would be easy to um forgive them of their sins if you will mm -hmm. um and i think the, this movie that i mentioned is next on my list uh 1973's badlands Ooh. uh directed by terrence malick starring terrence malick and Sissy Spacek, I think this is, you, I think you can look back on this and, and say that Terrence Malick actually did glamorize what they were doing in this movie oh. a little bit. Um, this is Terrence Malick's first film and it's amazing. It, it, he's one of my favorite filmmakers, even though like his movies now aren't great. But if you go back in time, um, he had a run for maybe 20 years um, where he just made the most, I think the most beautiful and like thoughtful and really interesting American films. Um, and this is it all started here like the story of uh badlands is about a girl who loses her mother and her father um this it's said in the 1960s her father um has no um set in like texas in the 1960s or 50s her father doesn't know how to take care of her so basically she just left to raise herself and um along the way she comes across this older guy uh martin sheen who um decides to like take her or uh, like run away with her essentially and they go on the run and uh, while they're on the run 
they decided to start robbing people and committing murders. <laughs> so it's kind of like it's kind of like a um, nicer version of Natural Born Killers, if you will. I don't know if you've ever seen Natural Born Killers, but it's I sure have. Yeah. So this is like a little more. Um, I don't want to say upbeat, but it's more romantic. I think okay. it's definitely more glamorized. Uh, but Martin Sheen is amazing. Sissy Spacek, she's incredible. They give two great performances. Uh, so they, this is a complicated movie, um, but I think it's really interesting, and I think it's worth watching. So uh, 1973's Badlands. And they adapted this new video game, from what I understand. <laughs> um, <is> that... <laughs> yes, they, they sure did. It's a great – the, the video game is actually better than the movie. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um so my my number where oh number three so this is where we're gonna start with our trailers here so my number three this is the next three are very obvious picks but that doesn't that doesn't make them any less important oh, when no. talking about serial okay, these are all great these are all the next three of mine are classic films okay uh and so number three is an oscar not an oscar not only an oscar nominated oscar winning film silence of the lambs Spook easily, Starling. This is probably one of the great trailers. If I, it's a great trailer. Yeah, I, I think this is maybe in the top four or five for his all-time trailers. You'll do fine. Incredibly frightening. It, it really is. Keeps him alive for three days. I remember seeing this like on like VHS, just the trailer playing before other movies, and uh, being completely terrified of it. Oh yeah. Cautious, precise, and he's never impulsive. He'll never. Oh yeah. But in order to track him down, she'll have to match wits. I'll help you catch him, Clary. This show is a work of art. It, yeah, it's awesome. With the darkest of all minds. Just do your job. And also the focus on Hannibal Lecter, which they knew. Yeah, for sure. He's in the movie for 16 minutes. <laughs> Technically, this is the second Hannibal Lecter movie. I don't know if you've ever seen the original Manhunter. No, I thought you were going to say Red Dragon. Is that... No, Red Dragon's the third. But yeah, I like Red Dragon. Before this, doesn't it? Isn't it a prequel? It's a prequel, but it's actually yeah, the third sequence. Thank you, Dude, that's... Dude, I... Oh, that's my so God. good. Anthony Hopkins. This won the Academy Award for Best Picture, right? It sure did. And Hopkins so. won for Supporting Actor, I know. Yeah. Oh, a movie like this winning Best Picture today? Never, ever. Never gonna happen. Never. Never and it deserved happen. it. I don't know what it was yeah. up against, but like, I, oh yeah, Jonathan Demi. Oh gosh. That, this is a movie that I could watch it's like every so few good. months. It's incredible. It's, pop it's popcorn cinema. It's entertaining. It's also yeah. frightening and scary. It's not a horror film. That trailer certainly makes it feel more like a horror mm -hmm. film. That it actually it is frightening, but it's a genuine psychological thriller. Yes, um, and it is. Uh, I just wish I wish today cinema was in a place where like these movies, movies like this, could be acknowledged as being the best picture of the year because it certainly was uh, yeah. for ninety one. A great one, really, really great one. So, yep, that's my number three. Silence of the Lambs. Hopefully, you've if you're listening, you've seen it. If you haven't, got to give this one a go. Gotta give it a go. I think everyone that's listening has seen this. I hope they have because well, that's required. I, you never know. You never know. You really you never don't. Know. I, I look. I had never seen Gone with the Wind until HBO removed it from their service. <laughs> then I had to find a bootleg copy. Thank you, by the way, for torrenting that for me. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were gonna say. I, I thought you were gonna say I'd never seen Gone with the Wind until the president recommended it. <laughs> Because he did. <laughs> oh, look to our leaders. I say look yeah. to the leaders. <laughs> you recommended it after uh, oh, what was he the hated, movie that he hated Parasite, by the way. Parasite. Yes. He hated Parasite for winning Best Picture and loved Gone with the Wind. But it was, that's just amazing. <laughs> Gone with the Wind is not a good movie. I don't. No, I, no. I don't I'm sure like it was it great at, at the time. I'm sure at the time it was amazing. I don't You've think it was. like it. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. They loved no, it. Was, it was. Everyone went to go see it. But now, it I mean, it doesn't hold up. Look, I mean, it doesn't. It's just not. It's not watchable. I'm sorry. Uh, it's just not. Uh, that same director directed that same year, Wizard of Oz, a far superior film. I'll tell you right now. Far <laughs> a little bit better. Uh, okay, uh, so next on my list. A little, only a little bit less racist. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I was going to question that. I don't know. <laughs> so sure about that? Uh, okay. 
<laughs> What's your number three? Uh, next on my list, I have, um, let's see. Oh, uh, 1999's Summer of Sam. Oh, Summer of Sam. This is a Spike Lee joint. Um, so oh. did you want to watch the trailer first? Yeah, let's do it. it. Yeah. Let's do it. Yeah, here it is. Now, have you seen this trailer before? Nope. Have you seen this movie, seen movie before? No. Okay. I didn't know Spike Lee even made a movie about a serial killer. So John Leguizamo. Yes. The past. We love him. Luigi. <laughs> Adrian Brody. Adrian Brody was Spike the Bear. Before he sold his soul to Roman Polanski. Wow. And serial hysteria. Summer of Sam. Terrifying. This, that killer is nuts. Yes. This is all about David Berkowitz. Well, I'll take that back. We'll, we'll go into that. Oh, oh. Yeah, yeah. In one neighborhood. Vinny saw the dead bodies last night. Saw the bodies between friends and lovers. <laughs> oh my gosh. The son of Sam Killer, who has been targeting young women, has caused panic stricken brunettes to die. Dude, this movie looks like fun. I feel like I'm cheating on you. Um, it kind of is. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I'm going to be number eight. You know, I'd lay five to one to kill it us is right It's definitely here. not a horror film. Uh-uh. And everyone is a suspect. Did write it? It's a black guy. You know, I don't think he normally writes his movies. Well, he did the five bloods, and I think Black Clans co-write. He usually co-writes. I know who the killer is. Reggie Jackson. What kind of guns did the killer use? 44 caliber, right? What's Reggie's number? Baseball. Dude. He's the son of Sam. He thinks he's the son of Sam, the 44 caliber killer. Reggie, stop it! Nobody gets in my neighborhood without me knowing. So who's Berkowitz? AJ Brody? You think I'm the son of Sam? Well, the trailer would have you believe. Or is it Leguizamo? <laughs> well, Leguizamo doesn't look Jewish, but... John Leguizamo, Adrian Brody, Mira Sorvino, Jennifer Esposito, and Ben Gazzara. That psycho is gonna have no place to hide. The summer belonged to Sam. Also, it's a good trailer. Wow. It's really good. That looks like a fun summer movie. You know what? And it is because honestly, the movie is not about David Berkowitz. (laughs) The movie is all about New York City. Like it's 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 a distinctly New York movie, and it's all about how um, the specter of a killer. Uh, makes everyone in the city crazy. So they were going through a heat wave. They had blackouts in in '77. Like all that year, th- that summer of 1977 was wild. The Yankees went to the World Series. That was obviously later after summer, but um, that like that's what the movie is all about: the neighborhood and how it's reacting to uh, this this uh, spate of killings, um, and and how this guy's terrorizing the entire um, all of New York City and all the boroughs. So that's what the movie is about. So that's why you have all the characters and. Uh, it's it's a pretty good movie. It's not great. It's not one of Spike's best, but um, it's good. It's a good watch. Yeah, I did not. I'm embarrassed that I'm not as familiar with Spike Lee's filmography. Yeah. Uh, I mean, just to know, not did not know he made a movie that was kind of about uh, Son of Sam. Yeah. Uh, so that's that's the overarching thing. Is is uh, is he in the movie? Berkowitz. Um, I can't remember. It's been so long since I've watched it. I believe that they do show him at some point. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Uh, but he is not okay. the focus of the movie. <laughs> Speaking of Spike, though, we this was probably yeah. a whole other podcast, but The Five Bloods on Netflix. Uh, you watched it? Highly recommend it. Yeah. It's very, very good. Very good. Yeah. yeah. It's, yeah Spike, Spike Lee is genuinely hit and miss. I mean, I Spike's think back. I'm sorry. Spike maker. Yeah. No, I mean, when he's on, dude, that dude is on. And yeah. The Five Bloods is as entertaining as it is shocking, as it is thoughtful, as it is wild. It's and timely. Watching. Yeah, absolutely. It's totally is. Oh, uh, they're saying Delroy Lindo is going to get at least the very least nominated for an Oscar. And he certainly performance of his career. I would say so good. Yeah, he's He's so good. Uh, My number two uh, is the more obvious pick. This is where we're we're venturing into the territory of who I consider kind of the the master now of serial Mm -hmm. killer genre, whether he wanted to be this or not. He has made the best serial killer content both TV shows or I should say streaming content in addition to movies, I think by a mile. And that's David Fincher and my number two, uh, Seven. 
which is about a fictional serial killer uh, played by uh, Kevin Spacey as he's pursued by Brad Pitt and Morgan Freeman. And I got the trailer right here. Ready to run it? Let's do it. I've seen this trailer a million times. That's great. Brad Pitt, so good. Mm -hmm. Morgan Freeman, even better. You have to wear blinders sometimes. Most times. So I know whole, this is like totally a nostalgia thing, but how yeah. can you not look at these movies and say these are, are these these past trailers and say they're better than they than they are now? Like the trailers from the '90s are so much better than the trailers now. Like it's not even funny. Oh yeah. Trailers now stink. They're bad. I just that directors maybe were more involved maybe, in the yeah. cutting of the trailers. I don't know, but like, do they hand off the studio takes control of cutting the trailers or? They're caught in a game. I mean, sometimes in the, sometimes these trailers, I guess depending on how far you go back, especially in the eighties, they could taste they say a little too much. Yeah, like certainly. Away a little too much. Nineties, they really started to perfect the craft of like not. I mean, this one gives you the definitely gives you the idea of what they're doing. Seven Deadly Sins, which is such a great concept. Uh, I mean, you yeah, you could convince me this is based on a real life person. This feels mm-hmm. like. I'm surprised there wasn't a copy yet. Like honestly, yeah, this is, I know. Yeah, seems like something you would copy. Oh, Gwyneth. Dude, there are two more bodies. I'll never forget. I was really, I was pretty too young to have seen this when I first saw it. Uh, but it was one of those movies that was like, you're a cinephile. You really appreciate you like, good movies if you, you know, if you like Seven. It's super dark and it's got, you know. But it played on TNT, edited all the time. Mm -hmm. Like TNT, TBS, it was, it ran the cable cycle frequently. Brad Pitt, Morgan Freeman, Gwyneth Paltrow. What's in the box? Anything like this? No. Seven. Oh, yeah. Ooh, okay. Look yeah. at that tagline. Look at that. Yeah, tagline. Look at that. Look at that. Let he who is without sin try to survive. <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, gosh. That's so That's good. My number two. It's an obvious one. What's this? Uh, seven is a, a vital choice. You have That's, to. Yeah. That's yeah. on the Mount Rushmore for single killer films, yeah. for sure. And there should be a Mount Rushmore. I'd rather yeah. there be a, a oh, Mount, my Mount gosh. Rushmore for serial killer movies. Yeah. Well, it means, okay, we would be carving Kevin Spacey's face in a rig rock. I don't know if that's going to be okay. Oh, that's, that's a problem. I will say, I took, Seven is another important movie because I took uh, an acting class in college. Oh. It happened to be maybe my favorite. My favorite class in college, other than my senior capstone, where we had to uh, pitch a, a marketing campaign to the executives of the Los Angeles Clippers, which was the <laughs> final sterling um, group of people. We had to pitch a campaign about how to re-sign Chris Paul. I kid you not, that was my senior wow, campaign. Wow, that's great. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, it was their questions were riddled with racism, but that's a story for another time. Um, to be expected. To be expected of that regime. Um, but my uh, other favorite class was this acting class, and we had to do this monologue, and I did a monologue that Kevin Spacey's character, I wish I didn't have to say it. It's, I don't even want to say Kevin Spacey's name. I'd literally rather say the name of the serial killer that mm-hmm. he played. That's how much I would rather. That's not that crazy. It's, it's insane because I cannot watch Kevin Spacey yeah. movies anymore. Yeah, it's I, so hard. It, it's, it takes me right out of it. It's, it's like, so hard. Yeah, and he's God. he's only in this a tiny bit at the very end. Uh, but he gives the, sitting in the back of the police car, he gives this monologue about basically he's, Given this psychosis for kind of why and how, you know, like why he's committing these crimes, like his viewpoint of the whole world is kind of his verbal manifesto in a way. And it's so crazy and cerebral and creepy and terrifying. And I memorized it and I tried to deliver it. I really gave a little extra. Like, I don't know that the acting was good by any actual standard, but I remember really giving it my all. And, and, you know, there was uh, there's there's a handful of swear words in there, and I was at a pretty conservative school. But I remember just the room being like, "Whoa!" You know, because it's like a for real it. monologue. Yeah, it was yeah. dude, it was so much fun. That's, that's a good choice. That's a good scene. Yeah, nice yeah no, no, I loved it. So anyway, um, we'll, we'll talk. Yeah, there's more things to talk about. But what's your number two? Uh, my number two is a movie. This is a black comedy. Actually, this is a dark cool. comedy. Um, a 2011's God Bless America. God bless America. Yes. This movie is directed by Bobcat Goldthwait. Starring oh. Joel Murray. 
and Tara Lynn Barr. Wanna run Joe Murray's, yes, let's, let's play that trailer. Roll that trailer. Yeah. Joe Murray is the better Murray. Funnier than Bill. Oh my gosh. We have a press is that... that just gives him a free pass. The boys are setting the homeless man on 2011. Fire. Coming up on Tough Girls. This is still poignant and timely. This size is very dangerous. Do you have any family? Oh, gotta take this. This is a real life person. My name is yeah, Chloe. Is... I live in Virginia Beach, and everyone loves me because I'm so pretty. I wanted an Escalade. This is the biggest day of my life, and I'm doing all the work. <laughs> hey, creepy. Isn't the schoolgirl thing a little played out? Don't move and don't make a sound. If you want the car, just take it. My parents got me the wrong one anyways. Yeah, that's a tragedy. <laughs> Did you just kill Chloe? Awesome. Oh my god. <laughs> that was a fantastic start. Do you take requests? Who are you killing next? Kardashian. Oh my people who use rock star as an adjective. People who give high fives. Anyone who wears crystals. You're friggin' Rambo, man. When did this come out? This is a 2011. <laughs> what are you looking at, old man? I'm recording this. Oh. Thanks for not talking during the feature. Thanks for turning off your cell phone. Oh my God. You're welcome. Oh my God. Why have a civilization if we're no longer interested in being civilized? Oh my God. Hey, buddy. What's wrong? A lot. A lot of crazy people out there. <laughs> I only want to kill people who deserve to die. Frank. What? This is more fun than killing yourself, right? I don't know. Yeah, I guess. I know it's not <laughs> normal to want to kill, but I am no longer normal. You really got to take both those spots? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> this is the best day ever. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I've never heard of that movie. Never seen that trailer. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So the movie is, like I said, it's a black comedy. It's it's very, very dark. It like it. <laughs> but it's, I think it's hilarious. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, it's so it's a take on, even though it came out in 2011, it's, it's very, very current. Um, okay. It's all about a guy who realizes he's going to die soon, his brain cancer. And um, he, he's watching TV and he hates, like he just is just, he abhors America, like American culture. And so he sees this girl, it's a reality star, and she's uh, just really obnoxious, obnoxious. And he decides, you know what? I'm going to do her parents a favor. And I'm going to, because she's very ungrateful, and he says, I'm going to kill her. And that's like, that's what you see in the trailer. <clears throat> and on the, and uh, in the course of doing that, he, he gains a friend, another like a 16 year old kid who accompanies him on, on the road as they go on a killing spree across the country. Um, Yes, wow. yes. Anyone who aggrieves them, they go after and they kill. So Bobcat Goldthwait Goldthwait has yeah. done his career. It just fascinating the, the stuff that he's done that I'm not even aware of. Like yeah. I didn't know he directed that movie. I, like he directed the Jimmy Kimmel live show in his early years, yeah. and he's the guy from Police Academy who does the voice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he, he was a really like stupid '80s comic, but he yeah. is a really good director. Yeah. Very, very good director. Have you seen World's Greatest Dad? With yep. Robin Williams. Okay. Oh no, no. Yeah, I was saying the Robin Williams movie. Robin Williams, exactly. That was he directed that one as well. I did not excellent know that. movie. Excellent movie. Really? So, yeah. It's good. It's very, very good. Very Whoa. good. I love Bobcat. He's super talented. Um, but yeah, this one is if you're looking for something a little bit different as far as serial killer goes, then I would say check this one out. Um, it takes a special person to laugh at all that murder, but uh <laughs> I believe I'm special. So <laughs> <laughs> I honestly, so, yeah, I'm going to be watching this movie. <laughs> it's funny, dude. It's funny. It movie. Looks wild. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, <laughs> my number one, uh, we were going to be talking Fincher again. And uh, okay that with is me. what I believe to be Fincher's magnum opus, his greatest film uh, based on the, a real life and maybe the most prolific serial killer in the United States history who was never caught, and that is Zodiac, someone who terrorized Northern California uh, during time when my father grew up, and he had all sorts of stories about, you know, how everyone, the fear that people lived in, 
when the Zodiac was on the prowl and when he specifically had threatened school buses and how uh, that, you know, he was riding a school bus to school during that time. And it was, it was really uh, a fear unlike any other that he's ever experienced in his lifetime. He says in terms of just kind of public awareness of this kind of crazy sociopathic killer uh, on the loose. And um, anyway, so we'll run that trailer Zodiac. Hopefully you've seen it. It is it is a long movie, but it uh, yeah, I'll play the trailer. It's I think it's Fincher's Fincher's best. Yeah, I've come around on that too. I, I think it's probably Fincher's best overall movie too. I think it's it is not it's not his most rewatchable because of its yeah. length and its brutality, Your especially this is the, the scenes of the killing. The two teenagers heavy, last heavy Christmas movie. But it is so and on the fourth of July. It gets I in the minds of the people that way. He became obsessed page with it. of your paper. From the, code in the San Francisco edition. Chronicle cartoonist played by Gyllenhaal to the uh, journalist played by uh, Robert Downey Jr. to the detective, the famous detective played by uh, Mark Ruffalo. Another letter. School children. It's about madness. Descent into madness in their pursuit of the Zodiac Killer. Greek, Morse code, astrological signs. This guy's used them all. I like killing people because man is the most dangerous animal of all. It doesn't Joan Hall play like a cartoonist like or something? Yeah, he's this Chronicles cartoonist. Any hard yeah. suspects? About uh, 90 an hour, come up to around 500. You got four cars. I love Ruffalo. I think he's just amazing. Oh, great. You can't think of this case in normal police terms. He's breaking the pattern. Glenna said you were a cartoonist. Oh, yeah. <laughs> what are you doing at the gun range? I just want to help. What are you, some kind of boy scout? Eagle scout, actually. First scout. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've been you thinking. Oh, God, say it was there's no evidence, Robert. What do you mean there's no evidence? You Look how beautiful this movie is. Like, it's obviously shot on film. Yeah. It's a great San Francisco flex there. Because really nobody is. else will. Dave, you made a mistake! Get away from the window. Paul, are you okay? No. Why'd you do it? You put your face out there for him to see. Hello? Who is this? Zodiac was my job. It's not yours. He's still out there, Dave. Killing is his compulsion. It drives him. It's in his blood. Jeez. What? Squirrels. This is the Zodiac speaking. I have a gun. Jeez. I can give you a lift to the service station. Oh, I know. Toys so go around helping people in the night. Man, this cast is killer. I'm not so good. Such a good cast. And if I was, I certainly wouldn't tell you. Are you sure there's nobody else in the house? Oh, it's so good. It's got a lot of behind-the-scenes stories, too, about Fincher terrorizing <laughs> his cast members um, into getting them into the mental state that he wanted to get the performance he wanted, which is a good Kubrickian uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. uh, method. Uh, but yeah, so look, Zodiac, it's, again, top of my list, number one. Even better from Fincher in the category of serial killer stuff is Netflix's Mindhunter. If you like true crime, the serial killer stuff, season one, season two, they're both on Netflix. Truly incredible stuff. Dark. Yeah, that's that's must, must, uh, must watch Netflix stuff. If you have a Netflix account, definitely watch uh, Mindhunter. Super yep. good. All right. You take us home. You're number All right. one. The very last one on my list is the 2001 film Frailty. This is a movie directed by Bill Paxton, starring Matthew McConaughey, Bill, Bill Paxton, Paxton, and Powers Booth. They all. This is crazy movie, and you've never seen it, right? Never seen this. Okay. No soul is safe. Oh well, that was the end. Whoops. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there you go from the beginning. Young Matthew McConaughey. Wow, youngish. It's two thousand one. Two thousand one. Yep. Yeah, sure. Nineteen years ago. Young. <laughs> Can you see it? No, it's not playing. Not playing. Hold on, let me give this a go again. All right, there it is. It is rated R. We can confirm. It, yeah, it looks like it. <laughs> there it is. Dallas, of course. That's right. What can I do for you? I'm here because I can't live with what I know anymore. Listen, this may sound a little bit crazy, but. I know who the God's Hand killer is. Is this real life killer or not? No, these are not made them. out yet, and already you doubt me. This, is, this movie is very much in, father. I can see it inspiring someone like Jeff Nichols. 
to trust um, him. Night, this feels like he watched this movie back. and decided to make Until his own versions. It looks like this movie was made in 1983, by the way. Yeah, yeah. Demons among us. I can see the demons while other people can. I'm scared, Dad. Nothing that crazy could be real. The angel told me that God would be sending weapons. Maybe you just dreamed it. Maybe you're not right in the head. God will be sending a list of the first seven oh my demons. God. These are people's names. And they'll look like people. They're not. Dad made up this whole thing. Do you understand? Well, if it has to be done, it has to be done. Is that true? Why would I make it up? It's all a big lie. I don't want to run away. You are hiding something from me. What is it you think I'm hiding? When I lay my hands on them, I'll reveal them for what they truly are. I got a pretty good idea of them bodies are. I'll tell. Craziest thing I've heard in a long time. Ah! Check the Rose Garden. I don't believe a word of it. But it's true. Bill Paxton. Those were demons. Why can't you see that? <laughs> Matthew McConaughey. Tell me the truth. Sometimes truth defies reason. You're crazy. Wow. Only demons should fear me. Frailty. You're not Frailty. a demon, are you? What? So wait, McConaughey is in the future. Is he the son grown up? Right, so I mean, I, I'll tell you that much. Yes, so okay, that's okay. it's not revealed. Matthew McConaughey is one of the kids, and it so like it. yeah, yeah, obviously, it's pretty obvious from the trailer. And so uh, Bill Paxton was his dad, and wow. um, the movie starts off with him going to the police and saying that you know I want to come clean. Basically, I know about all these murders and I know who the serial killer was. Um, let me take you to the bodies. That's how it starts. <clears throat> but the movie itself is it's it's a it's crazy. First of all, it's crazy. The premise wow. is um, Bill Paxton um, was in, is in, he saw like a light from heaven uh, and it led him to an axe. That axe that you saw in the trailer with the name Otis on it, yeah. and that that axe um, he was supposed to use to kill demons, literal demons that look like human beings. And the only way that you can determine so he has a list of all these names. And the only way that you can t determine they're actually demons is uh, by putting his hands on, putting the hands on them, and uh, they will reveal reveal the demon that's inside of them. And so he's so Bill Paxton is telling his boys like, "You need to help me kill these demons uh, oh because gosh. this is what God wants." Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's the whole premise is like they're going on a killing spree to um, get rid of these demons that look like human beings that look like their neighbors. Um, and people in their town. <laughs> oh my goodness! Yeah. Really, really good twisted movie. Uh, Bill Paxton's amazing in it. He's yeah. Amazing. How many movies did he so, direct? I didn't. So Bill Paxton's only directed two movie, two oh, feature length okay. films. Um, okay. It was this movie, and then it was the uh, sports drama, uh, the greatest. Uh, what is it called? The great game ever played. The greatest right. game ever played yeah. with Shia LaBeouf. That's oh it. yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, wow. so this movie, Frailty, is much, much better than that other movie, but uh, okay, yeah. want this well, Frailty seems a, certainly seems more inspiring, seems more, um, more of a challenge, uh, more complex. Uh, yeah, really, really good movie. Um, I would recommend it to anybody that likes you know supernatural horror films or thrillers. It is, yeah, you know, it's presented as a horror film in, in the trailer, and it you know, it's a little bit like that, but it's more like a supernatural thriller, I would say. Okay. Um, Supernatural yeah. frailty. Wow. Frailty. Let's track down a copy of that one. Uh, you, my friend, will love this movie. I'm, I'm guaranteeing it right now. I'm telling you, if you watch this movie, you're gonna love yeah. it. Yeah. Okay. It's right up your alley. Yeah. Wow. So that's your number one. That's my number one on my list. We got through them. Yeah. Any uh. Really yeah. demented list. I don't know why we watch these terrible movies. They're bad for no, us. No, but yet now I'm excited to go watch some of these ones you referenced that I haven't even heard of till today. I just watched the trailer. I'm like ready to go. I'm watching this content all night long. I'm actually going to start with the HBO. I'm starting with uh, I'll Be Gone in the Dark. Hopefully yeah. it's good. Hopefully it's better than the book. If it's, you know, I was going to say, if it's based off of the book, I'm going to say it's not good. Well, documentary style. It's a whole other medium. We'll see. Right, yeah, yeah. It wasn't <laughs> a bad book. So, was not yeah, a fan of the Liz, Liz Garbus, uh, Oscar-nominated, Emmy award-winning director. So yeah, no, I'm gonna, uh, I'm definitely gonna watch it. See, uh, yeah, I'm excited. I'm very excited. interesting case. So, well, we are past an hour. I think that's it for me. Uh, we'll be back next week, just like we promised last week. 
What are we going to talk about next week? I don't know. <laughs> we'll figure it out, man. We've both have seen a, several movies. Yeah. Um, have, yeah. I want to hear about your Goonies experience. Oh yeah, I should give a play-by-play -play over over. Yeah, my. If first, you can shoot move, if you can shoot video while going in there, that would be appreciated. First post-COVID uh, movie-going experience. Post-COVID. Post-COVID. <laughs> hey, movie theaters wouldn't be reopened if we weren't past COVID. You know That's what I'm correct. saying? Like there's no, I'd be irresponsible for them to do that. The virus is still out there. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, we'll definitely talk about that. Um, and then I, I guess, Jaws, yeah, I'll have two experiences because Friday, Cinemark is, I've got tickets to Jaws. Oh yeah, that's right. Fourth of July weekend. Dude, can't believe it. Wow, we're already going to be in July. Um, well, thanks for uh, spending time with me this Sunday evening, Aaron, honoring these both real life and fictional serial killers on the work that they've done. <laughs> so two weeks in a row, we're honoring great men. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Well, all right. That's it for me. Uh, thanks for everyone tuning in. If you have ideas for episodes, things you guys want us to talk about that we're not hitting on, by all means, hit us up on Twitter at Brave Little Pod. Let us know. Um, or Send hit us up text. on Twitch. Hit us up on Parlor. Mm -hmm. uh, any of those social media platforms that we're on. <laughs> Yes, I'm real Donald Trump on Parlor. <laughs> At real Donald Trump. <laughs> uh, all right, thanks, Aaron. All right, uh, we'll see you. Have a good night, man. Peace. Take care. Thank you for listening to the Brave Little Podcast. Hold on to your butts. 